0: Hello and welcome to the Patapod. This week I chat to Daniel Shah, who is a fantastic young tenor based in Nottingham. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Daniel and his family over many years due to my former role as Director of Music at Nottingham Cathedral. Our conversation was recorded at the end of June, just before I left that post, and Nottingham itself to take up a new role in Salford. You can hear the full music choices of all of my guests via the Spotify playlist, and you can find the link to that from my website, alexpatterson.co.uk. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Classic Daniel response. I am very hot, if I'm honest.
1: can relate. (laughs) i've been out all day you've been out all day what have you been doing today so i cycled down to bulwell to meet some friends and then cycled from there to uh, brockstow country park so i've cycled about i think around 20 miles today okay gosh dave would be impressed
0: yeah i had a leg cramp at one point but (laughs) (laughs) disaster well welcome to the podcast we should really explain for those people who don't know you uh you are danny shah and i know you because you currently sing in the cathedral choir and i've known you from nottingham cathedral for many years because you were in the youth choir uh you're an altar server still yep. are and but we keep pinching you to sing yeah. tenor in the cathedral choir and i feel as if chief altar service hate me for that very reason but i have no regrets because you're a great tenor so they can make do uh <laughs> i'm not going to cut that out i'm just going to keep that in it's true and you are uh, you are 18
1: yes um going to be going to sheffield Hallam university in september hopefully to study biochemistry with the foundation
0: golly that's exciting and I imagine it's been quite a tricky sort of period for you in terms of not being able to do your exams and anxiety over universities and getting that place and whether or not they're actually going to run their course
1: very very difficult to, to understand what's really going to happen they've said that they'll let us know after results day but it's weird because results days are really going to be results days since we haven't sat exams.
0: What are you looking forward to most about university?
1: I think for me, it's the whole experience of really taking the first step as an adult and taking yeah. care of yourself, as opposed to when you're living with your parents. You can get away with not putting the clothes in the wash, for example, or not. Can
0: you? Clothes. I mean, <laughs> I really doubt that your mum would let you get away with that.
1: No, she just makes one of my sisters do it or
0: <gasps> terrible.
1: It's just it's weird because there's stuff like obviously not for me, I don't I haven't cooked myself a proper dinner in a very long time. Mm. I, I do cook myself lunches, but I haven't really cooked a full course dinner, for example, um, for me or my family. So stuff like that is gonna be a big change when I go to uni.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess you've got a couple of months to sort of get some practice in. Yeah. Learn your mum's uh, fabulous curry recipes. Yep. And if you ever cook for me, maybe make it slightly less hot. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
1: I think that's probably one of the things I'm going to miss, uh, mum's food. Yeah. For me, obviously, it's normal eating it every single day. But for a lot of people, when they eat it, they're like, oh, this is, this is great. And I'm just like, oh, this is just a normal meal that she would have cooked for me anyway it's one of those things I, f- I feel I cherish it that mum's such a good cook
0: yeah having sampled it and had the full experience of so much Indian food at your parents house uh,
1: that one time it was uh it was glorious that that was one of those days um, because on a, re- a normal day my mum will cook say maybe one or two different meals in a sense
2: hmm. but
1: uh when guests come over expect the table to be full to the brim and not enough space to actually put your plate on yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: well exciting times ahead for you exciting times ahead for all of us tell us about your sort of musical upbringing
1: how has music sort of played a part in your growing up right so ever since i was very little um dad and mom always used to put music on And then I'd be dancing around, singing along with them. Um, Dad's really had the main impact on me since um, he's been very attached to me ever since I was born. So um, me and him used to just mess about, annoy my mom, sing here and there and everywhere. And then uh, I started taking it more seriously, really. So So I... Before we... Sorry, I hate to interrupt you. What sort of music were you listening to with your dad? Um, It was actually um, Bollywood music. Okay. And then on the odd occasion, it was Michael Jackson. But (laughs) it was literally only Michael Jackson, if it was any other music. Great. Sorry, I completely interrupted you. Go on. Um, And then after that, after I started taking it more seriously, um, before I was at the cathedral, I was in another parish. And over there... Obviously, me being the smallest, uh, I was only, I think, seven or eight at the time, and they'd always call me forward to sing gospel songs. So I used to sing, um, there's this one Punjabi, I'm not sure if it's a psalm or if it's a song, but it's one that I ended up actually singing at a competition. Right. And surprisingly got first place.
0: Oh, well done. Congratulations. Um, uh, did you win anything for that?
1: Um, I got a little trophy that I still have nice. in my room to yeah. day. because it was really the first competition I'd ever done. And I li- the thing is, I literally didn't know that it was a competition at the time. <laughs> I simply just wanted to sing. Oh, so it was it was a big, big thing for me to be honored with a prize. Yeah, I bet. And did that
0: sort of encourage you to just keep doing it.
1: Yeah, I think after that that's when um my mum decided that she was going to put me forward into the cathedral youth choir. Right. And oh, can you
0: remember yeah. what year that was?
1: It must Five. have been Wait, it must have been at, uh when I was in year after I was in year 3. So about oh, 10 years maybe? Oh wow. 9 years ago, I think. Possibly. Uh, Back when um, Chris Burton was actually the um, leader of that, the director of the youth choir. Gosh, that is a long time ago. Yes. (laughs) And then after that, um, there came a time where I just, I didn't have the the time to be able to make it on a Friday's rehearsal. So gradually I ended up um, not going really. Yeah. Um. But I still kept up my music in school, so I've done. I'd sang with the area band back when I was in year five. Yeah. It was the Christmas concert at the time, and um, the lead vocalist um decided that they weren't going to do it. So I think a week before the actual uh, Christmas in the City concert, they asked me if I could do this small. A Latin phrase it was it was only like a few words but mm. um i be- I began it sang the, the, the part and then gradually all the other primary schools joined in oh nice to create a huge it was a little canon thing yeah and then after that I just, I just kept doing music in school in Trinity so I was part of a lot of groups. There were so many groups that I most of my lunch times were spent in the music department. Yeah, going from year eight to about year ten or eleven, I every single day was in the music department. And besides that, there were days that I'd spend after school. But after after um, going into Trinity, um, I think year eight was when I decided to come back to the choir, since I'd have I'd had more time on my hands to be able yeah. to come and that's when i asked you if i could be in the cathedral main choir yeah and everything was set. <laughs> <laughs> set can you remember what i said you said to wait for a few months just so that you could see if i was capable yeah and then i think i think we only waited about maybe a month and a half or two and then November or October time was when I did my first Cathedral Choir Friday okay. practice. How did you find that? Well, at first I was very, very scared yeah. simply because I was the youngest. Because I, I remember I was only 13 at the time. And obviously the rest of them are all 18 plus. Yeah. Big people big people big personalities yes <laughs> <laughs> but being being in that because um, at the time there was only four tenors including me on that first yeah. session so mm. it was quite nice to have really smaller groups in a sense yeah um, uh, making it giving you more responsibility to get the notes right and from there it's well doing all those um choir practices and everything it's um, raised my level of sight reading ability. Yeah. Which were, it it rose it quite quickly, to be fair. I was never able to read music properly. Well, I could read music, but not at that speed. Within maybe five or six months, I was at a level where I was happy for someone at my age to be reading at that yeah. kind of speed.
0: Yeah, well, it was definitely going to be um, a sing or swim moment, I think. And I think it was very clear after a while that, oh, actually, this guy is is going to be okay. Because I think anyone who joins that choir, because we have such a high turnover of music, even if your sight reading is not good before you start, if you're putting the work in, you very quickly get better at it. Yeah, Um, definitely. And I definitely agree with what you were saying about the pressure being on in a smaller group like the tenors i think yeah. there have been people in larger sections like the sopranos and basses where it's easier to hide and you mm. hide behind slightly stronger singers and you don't progress as well because you're not putting in half as much effort as you probably should be mm. i mean for me looking back over looking back over my time at the cathedral let's not get emotional um it uh has been so it's always nice to look back and see just how singers have progressed and i've had that with choral scholars where they've gone and i've like oh i remember when i first auditioned you and your sight reading was shockingly poor um and actually you're one of the most reliable people in the choir and that's um the same with you like it's been really nice seeing you go on that journey of picking up these skills and being
1: a leader in your section yeah i think the best thing about the whole choir is it's it's not just a choir at this rate it's more like a singing family yeah but i've got to thank everyone else that was in my section for helping me out with the whole thing the whole process of becoming better at sight reading Mm. because it was quite difficult at the beginning Simply. Yeah, definitely. but yeah having people like Chris and Eden uh in the first year was a big help yeah and I think you're right about
0: the Cathedral Choir certainly feeling like a community um and a supportive family and everyone is there to um to sort of help each other along yeah um, definitely I mean that's certainly what I felt when I started way back in 2006 because my sight reading was abysmal and i think the first year was basically a bit of a write off <laughs> um, although i remember in holy week suddenly looking up and there was only well there were only two tenors and the music had split tenor so oh. there was a look in neil's eye of you're just going to have to get this right there's no <laughs> there's no alternative because there's no one else to rely on so just do it all that in a look and uh, you
1: sort of you just have to step up do not you yeah um, because the majority of the time you'll feel like you're doing it wrong yeah you'll probably be doing it right sometimes i found there's been times that i felt like i've sang the wrong note or not sang it high enough or not at pitch but Mm. later found out that it was actually correct and i was just being paranoid
0: yeah i think it's quite easy to be paranoid like that when you're getting used to the whole sight reading
1: yeah thing
0: and and that can be hindered in a way when you've got significantly stronger people singing next to you
2: yeah
0: and i know from from me in my first couple of years i was always doubting myself and then suddenly you have that moment where you're like no that i was right there and it's confidence and you just yeah but it's being confident in a way that you're not just singing what you think is right you're actually being intelligent about it and you're singing confidently, and you'll know very quickly
1: if you've got something wrong.
0: Yeah, definitely. So you've sort of got to that sequence that level. Great. But it's not just singing that you do, Daniel, is it?
1: No, I also play um, a bit of percussion and the trombone. The trombone. You are not my first guest on this podcast to have played the trombone. Hmm. Do you still play your trombone? Yeah, I've still got it in my room actually. I still I need to return it back to school. Been playing that since year three. And
0: I've seen you play percussion um in it was the klezma group from Trinity School.
1: Yep, that is with a lot of people from the Kanye Mason family actually, which included Shaku Kanye Mason.
0: Yeah, a bit of a big name at the moment.
1: That was a big group at the time because it was all the musicians of a high standard yeah i was originally put down to play trombone in that group all oh, right um since they they didn't have any percussionist and they'd known that i'd been playing kahan wherever i could yeah they put me on a more permanent role of playing the khan so can you for those listening who don't know what cajon uh, is can you describe it it's basically a wooden box <laughs> in, the, in its simplest form it is a wooden box um with um snare with a snare uh, on the front top side so that okay. when you hit it it sounds more like a snare and then when you hit the um lower section at the front it sounds more bassy right so it's basically a bass and snare and you sit on it as well yes
0: <laughs> very good Okay, well, let's have a look at your seven tracks that you have chosen. Uh, Was there any sort of reasoning behind any sort of thought process that you went
1: through to pick these tracks? These seven tracks that I've picked are a mixture of favourite songs and songs that I'm currently listening to and songs that have a lot of meaning to me.
0: Okay, great. Well, let's launch straight into your first track, please,
1: Daniel. The first track is Strawberry Skies by Kid Travis. Okay, tell us about this track. I was actually scrolling through Instagram at the time and an advert came up with this song, so okay. I ferociously started searching for it simply because it sounded it sounded like something I could actually sing, because, um, a lot of the music I listen to is not music I could sing without saying a compliment or anything else but this is one of those songs i feel i could sing at any time of the day yeah and it's just a very um it's a very happy song in a sense
2: we're going with the wind here in your face from my hand on your waist. strawberry skies all on your lips because i love
1: so have you have you sung the song? I tried recording it um, the other day actually, but I think I've just tired my voice out simply because of the not being not singing as much because of lockdown. Yeah, not having that
0: weekly dose of playing song—it's yes. getting us all down, Daniel uh okay so uh the
1: next song is something about shapes um it's called circles by Post malone (laughs) but um (laughs) it's not about shapes as much it's more about um the fact this you know how when you keep doing the same thing you're repeating it repeating it and just going through a cycle in a sense okay but this song it came out with his new album which at the time I wasn't 100% happy with. Oh. Being gradually, it's really weird. I slowly began to fall in love with the whole album itself. Oh. And this is one of those songs that I absolutely love because it's, um, with most of his other songs, it's got a beat or it's got some sort of backing to it that you can't really produce with acoustic instruments. Right. This is one of those songs that you could because it only contains a guitar and a drum kit and I think piano. But this song, it was one of the songs I actually put on repeat for quite some time.
0: Yeah.
1: I had it on repeat for a full day at one point because it's just, it it flows quite well. So have you been a fan of this person's music? Yeah, this person is a, um, he's a rapper. Okay. But um, he's he talks. Most of his songs are more on the sad side. But um, he's an American singer, songwriter, and rapper. And he's got a his his voice is very different to uh, a lot of artists in this a day and age. Yeah, and his um, his music is not simply one gen- genre some of his tracks are country tracks some are hip-hop some are r&b it's he bends between a lot to get through to everyone else what he is feeling at the time
0: yeah that's interesting actually i think that's true of a growing number of artists at the moment who try not to define themselves in a particular or restrict themselves to a particular genre and it's like trying to find that the outlet that works for what they want to sort of tell And I think there's, who is it, Steve McQueen, who's a fashion designer and film director and loads of different things. He hates, apparently hates being sort of defined in one of those roles because he's like, they're all sort of intermingled and interwoven and all that sort of stuff. move on to your next track a piece of stormzy.
1: yes blinded by grace um this is a very meaningful song to me obviously this isn't the original version that i've picked this is uh, blinded by grace part two acoustic edition yeah which which was new to me i didn't originally find this um a mate of mine showed me and i was like this feels a lot better yeah because it's more of a it's more of a performance as compared to just a song yeah and um it's a beautiful song i've sang it four or five times in different occasions yeah Um, the main ones would be obviously with the senior youth choir um and then there was also two times that i sang it in uh school twice with bvg and uh hang on with with who the boys vocal group sorry um at trinity the first time we sang it, we sang the original piece. And I was given simply given the solo part. And then in December of 2019, when we have prize giving, I was asked to do it again. So we did it with the whole school, school choir, which consisted of mainly year sevens um, and other students. And we did a whole mashup of all three versions. Oh, wow. So we had the original... Blinded by Your Grace, which I did the solo for, and it quickly slid into part two, and we had a load of backing singers and everything. Um, We even had a few of the younger students rap to some of the parts, and then, then we slid into part two acoustic edition, not so much as the music itself, but the structure of the song changed, and my best mate actually was the one who did the rap section for that, but it was, all in all, probably one of the best performances that our school's ever done at our prize giving. Yeah. Simply because of the variety. There was rapping, there was singing, there was uh, doing crazy riffs uh, by some of the um, vocalists in the back. Yeah. But it was, all in all, one of the best performances I've probably ever done in my life.
2: <gasps>
1: Don't tell Ellie that. Should we gutted about that hymnathon performance? we shall never talk (laughs) (laughs) it's a very meaningful song to me simply because of the memories it shares okay of you performing it yeah yeah i also actually did perform this at my birthday i think um did you where i raised money for great almond street uh yeah should we talk about that yes yeah okay um so we don't have to no i think we should so for my 18th birthday, I decided that I was going to do a charity concert as well as a birthday party where I invited a lot of my um, Asian Christian community, um, as well as a lot of the choir members and people from the cathedral itself and a few yeah. mates. And we, I just held a mini concert so that it was more of an entertainment thing as well as raising money for Great Ormond Street Hospital. which is very meaningful to me, simply because um, a friend of mine died when we were only in year nine. So it was only like five years ago, but his death impacted a lot of us kids. Like, we didn't have to be close, but it just it was a way for us to see that life isn't or fun and games. And we need to be more serious about life in general. But I raised, I think it was 900 and something pound in that single night, which I sent off to them, um, I think a week or two after the actual um, birthday. But over there, I performed um, a number of Asian songs um, as well as Blinded by Grace and a few other songs. Yeah. Um, also got Ellie to sing, and we did. I also did a song with Eden. I did Hallelujah. Yeah. But it was a very special night. Um, it was a special night, and I think
0: I wouldn't be alone in saying, particularly from the members of the Cathedral Choir who were there, that. It wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't quite the evening we were expecting, <laughs> yep. but we all felt incredibly honored to be there and thought it was such a special thing that you were doing. And I think it was just so much pride. We were just incredibly proud of you and your family, and just being there and to be able to support what you were doing was a real privilege, really. Ooh, ooh,
2: ooh said a prayer this morning I prayed I would find a way To another day I was so afraid Till you came and said You came and saved me And the rain was pouring Cause the sun faded away I'm in a better place No longer afraid neither by your grave so the next piece
1: is from a mass setting yeah um it's one of the last mass settings that we have done before lockdown and um it was one that i it i didn't i didn't find it special much at the time but then at the end obviously you decided to tell me that i was going to do the solo which changed everything. (laughs) Because it made it all about you. Is that why? Because it stressed me out. (laughs) I was up. After, because we finished rehearsal at nine, and I was, I'm pretty sure that I didn't have dinner till an hour after, simply because I was stressed and I was constantly listening to the last part on Spotify. (laughs) I kept looping it back just to get it right. Should I
0: go on record and make a public apology for putting you through nah it's fine putting you through it all <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible cuz so i know i can get away with it well you did it fantastically well cuz it i think it's quite a difficult solo actually i think it's difficult to get it right and not just in terms of like the notes but just the way it's sort of because just just to describe the piece for people who aren't listening it's it's quite a lot of very thick chords that the yeah. choir is singing pretty much throughout and it's G minor it's very sort of like pleading and oh uh, and it's the Kyrie so it's Lord have mercy all of that and it finishes and it sort of seems to resolve but then there's this really high floating tenor singing this really beautiful line Um that is so different to everything else that's happened well, it's not it's in the same vein but it's just so isolated and uh and it's quite ethereal really particularly when you sing it in context in the mass because everyone's sort of waiting (laughs) waiting for they think the piece is finished and actually the piece gives you more
1: space to actually
0: think i think yeah Um,
1: definitely i think that for me was the sudden change really mm. of single thick notes really and then going straight high-pitched and giving that floaty effect.
0: Yeah, but I think it... Because I don't think all tenors can sing that that part as effectively as you did, mm. um, if I'm honest. I think there's something about the your voice in the way that you don't just sing in a cathedral choir. You sing uh, Stormzy, and... Uh, Kid Travis and all that sort of stuff that you were talking about, um your voice feels slightly more agile in a way, and yeah. you can probably bring elements of how you would sing some of that music into how you would sing in the cathedral choir. And for some pieces, that really works. And I think for this solo at the end of the Kyrie, it really does work.
1: It's it's, it's weird because I feel a lot of the people in the choir they only really just sing in a choir. Yeah. And there are a few of the people in the choir that do sing solos and do sing a larger variety of music. Yeah. And that gives you more different timbres, different tones that you can experiment with. Um, and it increases your ability to, to really sing at a high standard.
0: Yeah, and I think it really it sort of goes back to what we were saying earlier about um, not wanting to be, to like work in what we are saying about circles and not wanting to just be in country or just be in hip hop or whatever. I think a lot of people pigeonhole themselves in such a way when they're singing and they don't access all the different ranges of their voice. And I'm not talking like pitch, just the sort of different ways that you can use your voice, which is shortchanging themselves. Yeah. Quite a bit, I think.
1: For me, when I sang it, it felt like nothing else was happening and time somehow stopped, in a sense. Yeah. I don't know if that was giving the same effect to everyone that was listening. But (laughs) for me, I felt like that that had to be one of the very few performances that I've done that I really felt like time literally stopped whilst I was doing it.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with you there, actually, because I think I've had... A few moments where I've stopped breathing because I've not wanted to take the breath in because I didn't want to ruin the moment, yeah because things have just as you say just stopped, and that's what it's all about, really. that's what our job is as part of the cathedral choirs to try and almost make time stop still and actually and just lift people to a higher plane, really. Okay Danny, uh you've gone for a classic for your next track.
1: September. Yes. Um this is one of those songs that I've ended up singing with my mates just for the fun of it. Like as soon as it comes on you just give you just give that look to each other and you just know. That, <laughs> yeah, it might be out of tune. Yeah, it might be terrible, but it's one of those songs that you just know you're going to have a good time singing with your mates. Yeah. This was actually one of those songs that so basically going into year 12 um was it was a different feel to say break times and having free periods um so during those free periods we'd either just sit on our phones doing nothing um talk to each other or mess about there were lunch times where we'd just be listening to music and this was one of those songs that came on that everyone knew at the time and we started singing it i think at one there was one time that a teacher just walked in and we hadn't realized for about a good 30 seconds because we were just singing our heart that's great obviously there's the there's there's sections of the song where some people will just literally do the melody yeah they'll they'll sing the actual lyrics and then there's some people that will like say do the trombone in the back yeah it's it's stuff small things like that it just makes you smile and just really be happy in a sense. Yeah. There's another song actually, um, Beautiful Girls by Sean Kingston. Okay. That a lot of people do it in three parts. So me and me and my mates, we we actually ended up recording this just for the fun of it, because one of us was doing like the bassy part, another was doing the little hi hat or like drum kit part, and then obviously the other two or three were singing it. but it was one of those there's songs like this really that you can literally listen to in the car on a long drive and everyone will be just vibing in a sense
0: nice refreshing drink for your next song i think these links are terrible i'm so
1: sorry uh lemonade is actually um, by jeremy passion it is a song that I, I i ended up having a bad habit of looking at other people's playlist and stealing songs from it oh that's and that's just you know common practice we all do that i was stealing more than just one song it was more like <laughs> 10 or 15 maybe okay <laughs> But this was actually is that my... really,
0: sorry is that really
1: frowned upon I don't know I just I felt like I later on felt like I was just cheating in a sense uh, like it wasn't actually my playlist anymore it was more me stealing other people's playlists and compiling them together Oh I think that's fine <laughs> sorry I'll stop interrupting you go on <laughs> but um, I actually found this on my mate's playlist um on Spotify and it's a very melodic piece and it's got a couple of high parts a couple of low parts but it's a it's a song to just sing to a guitar really the the version that i listened to really was the actually it was uh, the ukulele edition i still to this day haven't been able to find one that hasn't been a ukulele edition on spotify <laughs> i don't know why but i ended up performing this in the summer concert of 2019 with the same uh, friend of mine that played guitar for me for Blinded by Your Grace, um, Blinded by it. Your Grace, it's it's one of those songs that you could literally be sitting down and just sing because it's it's such a melodic piece. Mm. And for me, it was it was just something for me. There's a lot of songs that I say I love to pieces, but I'm not able. I haven't got the voice to actually fit it and sing it properly yeah I do find songs that I can actually sing to a good standard where I'm even happy with it (laughs) Uh, I do cherish them really yeah this is one of those songs that I'm able to sing and not think I messed up at one point
2: she's my sunshine in the rain my Tylenol when I'm in pain yeah Let me tell you what she means to me Like a tall glass of lemonade When it's burning hot on summer days She's exactly what I need She's soothing like The ocean rushing on the sand And she helps me be a better man she's so beautiful sometimes i stop to close my eyes she's exactly what i need i think
0: those pieces that you take the time to learn and sort of get under the skin of stays with you yeah um, and it can be quite difficult to shirk some of those things off i've known that with some (laughs) with some pieces i've performed in recent cabaret evenings where somehow i i now know the lyrics even though on the night i (laughs) really i really didn't um as you will probably well remember um
1: Uh, your evidence evidence don't worry alex
0: i that's what really worries me you and your video evidence um yes i think that's going to come back easy to miss (laughs) <laughs> I did discover the other day um, someone recorded uh, the duet that Leah and I did um, of "One of Us," the so ABBA song. Was that you?
1: No, uh, uh, that wasn't me at all.
0: Okay, I don't... but probably one of the funniest things I think Leah and I ever did, and it was all Leah. Mm, yeah, I might share that on the old Facebook. Yeah, when it comes to it,
1: I'm, liking, I'm actually liking the. Um daily post on facebook seeing all, the of, all <laughs> it's of us not too annoying um
0: yeah it's uh i mean i'm obviously finding it all quite emotional but um it's been so lovely to look back on those and you've i've just forgotten about certain things that happened. you think oh that happened then oh wow great and sometimes i have to go back and re-edit the post because i've remembered um things that have happened mm. um but i uh, think
1: yeah the whole cathedral choir it's just been there's been there's memories there that a lot of people won't forget mm. for a very very long time there's memories that they've made memories they've shared with other people that has given them a sense of community and family really as much as just friends or people that are just singing together
0: yeah and I think uh, I can certainly relate to that and because I know when I did my first Facebook post I was I talked about a a bit about this because when I joined the Cathedral Choir back in 2006 um, it felt like home for me it felt like uh, um, a community of people who were supportive and accepting of me and i mean that's just one of the reasons why the place has got such a strong place in my heart really um and it's become the place where i've developed as a musician as a person i've made my lifelong friends um, yeah through that place and there are people that i've sung with throughout the whole time that i've been there who i will hopefully always remain in touch with because um, it's made such a sort of big impact on my life and mm. what's lovely is seeing that it's not <laughs> uh contrary to what people may think about me it's not just all about me um and seeing how that's seeing how other people have had that experience has it's just been great um
1: Yes, it's the whole sense of community, like I said before, that really Mm -hmm. just brings everyone together. And the fact that we're all singing, doing something that is meaningful to us in whatever way we think. Like some people will sing because they like to sing. Some people will sing um, because a lot of other people appreciate their singing. And everyone's got their own little reason to sing.
0: Yeah, I I think one of the things that has struck me over my time, definitely, I think it was. I think one of the things that has really resonated with me over the past six years is that sort of closer relationship that we've developed with the congregation, and uh, seeing and talking to them and knowing just how much of a an impact the choir has had on them and how they how much they appreciate us um i mean that is such a um... actually no,
1: about that It's reminded me why i really started coming to the eleven fifteen masses okay um before i was going to the six o'clock mass and also yeah. serving i was still part of the youth choir at the time yeah but there was i i don't know what it was there was just this one time where we couldn't make it for the evening mass. So mm. my mum was like, we can go to the early 11.15 mass. And I still remember that my dad saying that it was just... the way it sounded so angelic.
0: Yeah.
1: that He was like, no, from now on we're we'll coming to the 11.15. Mm. Yeah. It, choir, it makes such a big impact on some people. Yeah. That having them for certain days it doesn't feel the same in a sense yeah so the choir is from what i can tell is greatly appreciated by a lot of the congregation and seeing you leave will definitely be very upsetting for a lot of people
0: (laughs) um don't you make me cry and i've done a lot of crying over the past couple of weeks um Great thing about this is that it's a podcast so no one can see me. And that wasn't the case when I was having my last rehearsal with the ladies choir um, over (laughs) YouTube live. Uh... Well, we did it via zoom and then relayed that to YouTube. So there were, oh, it was horrendous. So emotional. Um, Anyway, back to you, Danny, because this isn't about me. Despite it being my podcast, we've come to the end of your, um, your seven tracks. Uh, Tell us about your final
1: track, please. So, This City by Sam Fisher. This was actually a song that I ended up listening to about a week ago, actually. Oh, wow. I had heard it before, but I kind of scrapped it off. Uh, I think I was doing something and this came on. I was like, this does sound like I could actually sing it. So, about a day or two after, um, I decided to do a recording of it. Oh. And it went surprisingly well. Okay. And- used by some of my friends it's just it's it's a very nice song
2: i've been seeing lonely people in crowded rooms covering the old heartbreaks with new tattoos
0: okay thank you Danny that was uh very interesting thank you very much thank you so much for listening please remember to rate and review and do check out our extra episode full of chat and music that we couldn't squeeze into the main episode thank you and goodbye